Father, thank you for this time we have together now. We do look to you for direction and for answers, for help in every area of our life. Lord, give us wisdom and understanding of all things pertaining to relationships and marriage and the things that we're uh, dealing with now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, now, here we go. We're in a series, and it's called The Making of a Marriage. And, and, and we're going to continue with those thoughts and this subject here today. And, and you might be remembering that in the first part of this series, I dealt with things that were um, specific or actually general towards both sexes both towards the husband and the wife in a marriage relationship, because there are many things that are absolutely the same. But then in the last couple weeks, we've been talking about how we're different. And we must also acknowledge and recognize that we are different. Uh, Husbands and wives, men and women are different in many regards. And actually, biblically speaking now, their roles are different. They are to have different functions within the home. If we ignore that and just kind of go along with popular culture and everything's the same and kind of whitewash everything over and everything's the same color and the, the same volume and the, you know, just everything's the, nothing, bland. It doesn't really work that way. God created us to have different functions and purposes within the marriage relationship, okay? If you're here with us today and you're married, you better listen. And if you're not married but want to be, then you absolutely should be uh, paying attention to get some good information. And if you're single and never want to be married, listen for somebody else. (laughs) Because you know people who are married and they, uh, you know, people run into struggles and and, and difficulties. And and I want to look at the word here and, and specifically now today we're talking about her role and his role. Last week we gave you four things that she shouldn't do. And we gave you four things that he shouldn't do. And now I want to talk to you more about what you should do. And right from the Bible, what your role is in the marriage relationship. And I'm going to, of course, I, I know this, and so I'll just prep you ahead of time. I, I'm going to fly right in the face of popular culture and how they have watered down the Bible. And uh, even some ministries have watered down the Word of God to reflect what's kind of accepted. And I'm going to stay with the Word. It's the eternal truth, and I refuse to be a wimp. I refuse to have no backbone and bend because, oh, some people don't like it when you say that. Uh, Well, I'm going to avoid as best and as much as possible giving my opinion. And I'm going to tell you what the Word of God says. Everybody ready for that? Would that be acceptable? And if you get mad at me, don't get mad at God on your way out. All right? Because I'm just quoting him. Don't shoot the messenger now. Okay, here we go. Uh, You're in Ephesians 5, and I want to give you four things. Ladies, we honor you. You're first. Number one, number one, her role is, is submission and respect to him. And we talked about that some already, but look in verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And now look down at verse 33. Verse 33 says, nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And so let's talk about that for a moment. In fact, I want to read this to you from the Amplified Bible. Listen close to the second half of that verse. It says, and let the wife see that she respects and reverences her husband 
that she notices him, regards him, honors him, prefers him, venerates him, and esteems him, and loves and admires him exceedingly. You like that, guys? <laughs> that was such a mouthful, I'm going to read it again. And uh, in all seriousness, wives, I want you to listen close. And I want you to glean from this and see how you can become an incredible wife. Even if you don't think it's possible yet to do all this. You think, wow, that will take a year. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to show you how. Here we go again. And let the wife see that she respects and reverences her husband. That she notices him, regards him, honors him, prefers him venerates him and esteems him and loves and admires him exceedingly wow i know sometimes some wives will think but you don't know my husband <laughs> or you have got to be kidding i cannot treat him like that he's not that He's not honorable and respectable. And can I tell you a few things that that jerk does? Watch your mouth. I know I said it, but I said it on your behalf. <laughs> right? Listen, first of all, I'm dealing with those extreme cases now. Some of you wives, you have no problem. You're doing this, and you can just be encouraged by it and step it up and do it more, and, uh, and it'll really have a great impact on your relationship. But some who are in more difficult situations, you think, give me a break. I cannot do that to this guy. <laughs> I cannot be acting all that way because he's not that. Listen, let's think about uh, government for a moment. Are there any people in government, political office, that hold positions of authority, that do things that are disrespectful and dishonorable and completely ungodly? That, that, that are lobbying for f completely ungodly uh, laws and practices. That's happening all the time. What are we to do with that? What are we to do with people in those positions? How many understand we are to recognize the place they hold? We recognize the office or the position they hold. And because of that position, we honor them. Because of that place, we show them respect, even though we don't respect everything that they do. We're never going to respect wrongdoing or sin or evil in any, any regard. But we do sometimes, we are called to respect the person who's actually doing the wrong thing. Yikes. But this is a part of it. And this is how wives can do this. Now, here, here's another part to this. It's called faith. If, if a wife says, you know, again, yeah, I don't, the way he acts and some of the things he does, if you only knew, you'd see that I could not act on verse 33, especially not the amplified version of verse 33. <laughs> but, but listen, we live by faith. We've been accustomed to just responding to the way we're treated. You treat me wrong, I treat you wrong. You slap me, I slap you. Right? You honk at me, I'm honking back. You give me the bird? That was pre-Christ. <laughs> you act a certain way, I act a certain... That's not the way Christians are called to live. And wives, listen, no matter how you're... Wherever your husband is on the scale of 1 to 10 of, of being respectful and 
honorable and so forth. Treat him like he's 10. Treat him like he's the best thing that has ever happened to you. That he is the most amazing and outstanding and honorable person. Give God something to work with. Come on, operate in faith. Stop, walk, stop walking in the flesh. Treating people like they treat you. Treat people like they deserve. How, how about this? How about none of us treat any of each other like we deserve? We all give each other the benefit of the doubt and treat each other like kings, queens, and amen, royalty, special people. As if it's act like God's word is true. Amen. That we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special people. Act like it's true. You know, that's true concerning some jerks. I mean, you know, they got saved, but they're still rude. <laughs> still got a lot of cleaning up to do, got a lot of problems. God still calls them that, and we should too. Amen. Okay, and so, and so respect is very, very important. Act in faith. Number two, here we go, ladies, wives in particular. Number two, I want you to look at Genesis chapter 2. Genesis 2, and here, here's what it is. You're writing, you're taking notes. This is number two. Being a help and support to him. A wife's role is being a help and support to her husband. Here's what the, here's what the word says. Verse 18, Genesis 2, and, and the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. Everything before this, it was good. It was good, 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 good. Everything he did, everything he created, everything he made was good. And then he made the man and looked down and saw him all by himself and said, not good. <laughs> we got to do something about this. The man by himself, the Lord said, is not good. So he said, I will make him a helper comparable to him. Amen. I will make him what? A helper. Why would you make someone a helper? Because they need help. <laughs> Wives, your husbands need help. You know that. <laughs> but it is your assignment in this relationship to make sure you give him help. He needs it. In other words, without that help, he will be, I guess, helpless. He needs your help. Now, let me say this before I go on here. Whenever the Lord gives us instruction or command, He tells us to do something. With that command is the ability to fulfill it. The Lord's not going to tell me, I want you to jump your feet 10 feet up, up off the ground. He said, you do it. Jump. Well, I can't do that, all right? I got decent hang time, but <laughs> but no, I can't jump 10 feet in the air. So the Lord, if he told me to do that, he would be unjust, right? If the Lord ever tells a husband or a wife to act or a particular way or fill a certain role and they can't, or it's just, oh, that's going to be a drudgery, oh, that's going to be hard, then he's unjust, no, he only instructs us in accordance with his ability in us. This means that it is in the very DNA of a woman 
to help her husband. It's built into your system. And if you ignore that and say, no, or view it as something, oh, that's demeaning or that's less than that I have to help him. If you see it like that, you're going to frustrate yourself and your husband and your marriage will never attain to the goal or the highest place that God intended for it. Recognize, again, anytime God tells you to do something, you are empowered by his word to do it. Empowered by his divine grace and ability. Here's the Amplified Bible. It says, now the Lord God said it is not good, sufficient, satisfactory that man should be alone. I will make him a helper, meet, suitable, adapted, complementary for him. Isn't that good? Wives, you're a compliment to your husband. You make him look good. He's better off with you. This is what makes the package complete. This is what makes everything work and fit. You being a help, a comparable, compatible help to him. Amen. Don't be a hindrance. Some wives have become a hindrance to their husband. That's bad. That's not good. And I've heard people at times, I've heard wives at different times say, just get frustrated. My husband, man, he, he just never helps me. My husband, just he, I just wish I could get him to help me some. He's not called to help you. It's not his position to help you. God didn't tell him to help you. He told you to help him. It usually gets quiet right about now. <laughs> Let me just remind you, by the way, <laughs> that I didn't make that up. Let me just remind you, that's not my opinion. I'm telling you what the Word of God says. And again, people see it as a negative. <laughs> I don't know if I can accept that. It's true whether you accept it or not. And you can live in God's grace and ability, or you can do it on your own. Have fun. Try to make it work. Work hard. Better study hard. Better save up your money for counseling. <laughs> or you can trust that what God said is in you by way of creation is true. And it'll actually work. Your life will get better. You'll be happier. He'll be happier. Things will just start to work. You'll get in a groove. And you'll think, man, why are people complaining about this? Why, are people, why does a culture act like this is demeaning to women? It's not. It'll, it'll lift your life so high. Amen. And so, again, being a help and support to him. Remember, 1 Corinthians 11 says that, wives, you are the glory of your husband. You make him look good. You do. When you're, man, when you're in the right place, you make everything shine bright and make it look good. And, and husbands, by the way, we'll get to you later, but just a little uh, nugget here. Remember that she's your glory. And you treat her like she's your glory. Because that's a high and important position. Enough of the treble clef amens. <laughs> Here we go, number three. Number three, her role, her role is number three. Turn to Titus 2. Her role is guiding the home. 
guiding the home. Pastor, you got the you got some spine to talk about this stuff. <laughs> Again, I'm just delivering. If you don't want to like it, talk to the Lord about it. Titus chapter two. Everybody find Titus? <laughs> it's right after Timothy. Second Timothy. It's real small there. It gets away from you. Titus 2, verse number 4. Speaking to the older women, it says that they admonish the young women. If you're an older woman in here, what should you be doing? This is what it says. You should admonish the younger women. To do what? To love their husbands. To love their children. To be discreet. To be chaste. Now look at that next word. Depending on your translation. Homemakers. Good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. If the, word, if the word says to a wife that she is to be a homemaker, that means that there is in her ability a skill, a gift, a grace from God to make a home. Wives have a unique ability from God in domestic affairs that men don't have. This should be treasured and valued, never ill-esteemed. But this is something important, and that's why, again, he says, I want you to do this. Why would, you, why would he want us to do that? Why would he want wives to do that? Because that is you. It's something that's in you. If it's been squashed or not tapped into, it's still there. No doubt. There's all kinds of things in people's lives that they could do. Their potential is seldom tapped. But the ability to be this, oh yeah, something on the inside. Look at 1 Timothy. Take a left turn. You're graced of God to make a home. Not talking home builders. If you swing a hammer, that's an added gift. <laughs> First Timothy 5, look at verse 14. Therefore, I desire that the younger widows marry, bear children, manage the house. What? There it is again. Manage the house. Look at the last line. Give no opportunity to the adversary to speak reproachfully. In both of these verses, we see that in connection with a wife doing certain functions within the home, is there is a note of not, like here, not giving the enemy a foothold so he can speak against you or speak against the testimony of, of, of the church, of the, of the gospel. And remember the other one, he said that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Your Wives, your role in doing what the Lord created you to do is critical to the testimony of Jesus. When people, when people buck against it or, or think this is not who I am, man, you're, you're a bad testimony. That's, an added, that's another message. But think about here. It seems that the Word of God delegates now 
earning a living to the husband. While the wife is supposed to direct household affairs. Now sometimes people wonder at this point. Are you saying there's man jobs and woman jobs? Some things men shouldn't do. Some things women shouldn't do. Well I know there's things I shouldn't do. But I, <laughs> but no. I, I'm not speaking specifically and saying. Okay yeah all. Uh dishwashing that's a woman's job or you know mowing the lawn that's a man job or something like that i don't have scriptures on those kind of things i have this word for wives that they're enabled and directed to make a home to direct a home they're to manage the 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 house okay manage the home that's something they can do how that plays out in practicality probably varies from marriage to marriage and situation to situation but it still should be recognized that that is a that's a gift and that's ability sometimes uh, of course the question comes up as well at this point um are we saying am i saying that that women shouldn't work or have careers uh well first of all i'm not talking about women i'm talking about wives it's not a gender thing here it is a role within the family. And when it comes to, uh, well, you know, someone with that, okay, so you're saying that wives shouldn't work or have a career. Actually, I'm not saying that, that either. I think we should look more closely and, and use, use wisdom here. Because why would it be better for a wife to exercise her domestic gift? Typically, it's because it has a great impact on children. When, the, when there are young children in a family, you know, birth through and then up through, you know, high school and so forth, uh, it can be a great advantage in a home for those children if the mother is present, if the mother is there. There's no doubt. You can look at all, you can look at education scores, you can look at many things. When kids have a parent at home, even during those early young years, it makes, uh, they, they have massive gains over those. And, and listen, don't anybody can be condemned. I know we have folks and have parents here who put their kids in daycare and, and, uh, and a lot of different situations with single mothers and two working parent families. I, I'm aware. And so the goal is not for anyone to say, oh, I'm a bad mom or a bad dad or anything like this let's set our sights to god's best okay when there are kids uh young kids it is just always best if they don't have to go off to daycare it's best for them all right many times when teenagers get in trouble doing drugs or getting sexually involved and different things like that you know when that happens it's not friday night like you think it's after school when nobody's home it's mom and dad are both working full-time jobs and they've got free reign and no supervision and oftentimes that's when they get in trouble these days all right and so can we see just from a practical level how it makes more sense why things are stated to us this way are we saying that a wife could not work well you know what say what about you know we need two incomes i understand that and and a lot of people do i would say Again, don't be condemned, and I, and I don't encourage 
a wife to quit the job and then go so the family can go on welfare. How is that a testimony? <laughs> right? But I would say, hey, if this is best, set your faith out there. How can we do things different? Maybe she can work from the home if that's, if that's necessary or desired or, uh, or many other things. You know, you look over in, in uh, Proverbs chapter 31. Remember, the Bible describes uh, the virtuous wife. And uh, without going through all those verses, she's quite an amazing woman. And, uh, and she is no pushover. She's just not some doormat. And people think that's, that's what the Bible teaches. Man, it is so not. This, I mean, this woman rises up before it's, before it's daylight and has everything ready and has everyone going and doing things. And, and uh, she's buying and selling real estate. And she's got a clothing line. And, and she's selling her clothes. And, and uh, she does. She's a very industrious, very uh, capable and proficient woman. And, and, and this is in no means... To any degree, saying uh, because a woman stays home with her family and her, her children while they're growing up, that she's less capable than someone who holds a high position in a company. Not at all. Not at all. And we should never view it that way. It's a high calling. But don't let the culture put shame on you. Don't let the culture, culture treat you as you're, you're less than because you're a homemaker. I've got a word from God that says that's pretty good. Says that's pretty important and pretty special. Now, when kids are grown and stuff, and, and, and it's just you two, you know, agree on something and do what you want to do. I mean, your still gift is still domestic, but I'm not saying that you can't have a, uh, you know, a career and different things like that. Do what, do what you're gifted to do and God wants you to do. It, it can be great. It can be amazing. Everybody with me today? Anybody going to shake my hand on the way out? All right. Number four, number four, her role is to meet his marital needs, is to meet his marital needs. Now, I'm not going to tell you what those needs are today, because I'm going to tell you that next week, all right? I'm going to tell you that next week, so let's go on to him. Ready, hymns? (laughs) Uh, again, we know that men and women are vastly different in some areas, and it takes unselfish love to put aside our natural inclinations to find out what pleases our mates. And again, the Bible compares husbands to Christ while it compares wives to the church. And so the greater responsibility really falls upon the husbands. And so number one is we are called as husbands to... uh, Love our wives as Christ loved the church. First of all, it is loving like Christ loved the church. That's Ephesians 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. And that gives us the picture of what that really means. Because it's not, oh, I love it, I just love my wife. That's not what that means. (laughs) It means he, what? Gave himself for her. That means the husband's role has to do with laying himself down, giving up things that he wants and likes for his his wife. Just like Jesus suffered the ultimate price for our sins, we are to give ourselves, and our leadership is serving. Amen. But also, you know, the Lord said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. It's that commitment to be there always that brings security. 
and strength to a home. And you know, the Lord, the Lord Jesus is, is called the head of the church. We are the body. He is the head. What comes from the head? I'm talking leadership. Men, husbands, what your wife and what your family needs from you is the ability to lead. And I'm, obviously, there are some leaders who lead the wrong way, and that's not what we want. They lead astray. And, they, and there are husbands who continually make bad decisions. You're missing out on your role. Okay, don't be condemned if you've made a mistake. Everyone has made mistakes. But if we're continually getting it wrong, how is our family going to follow? If every time we show up and say, I've got an idea, and everyone goes, oh, no. <laughs> Dad's got an idea again. <laughs> we know what happened the last five ideas. <laughs> That's bad. But husbands need to step up and watch this provide spiritual leadership so many wives so many women who love God just wish their husband would be the one to stand up and say we're going to church would be the one to stand up and say we're going to the prayer meeting we're going to we're going to get involved and help out at this project we're going to serve in this ministry we're going to do that instead of her always being the one are we going to church this week? She may not say it. Maybe she does. <laughs> Some do. She may not say it, but I'm telling you, she wants it. She, if she loves God, she desires you to love God more than her. <laughs> or at least to an equal plane where you say, this is going to be the standard of our family. We are going to live for him, he is number one in this house, and in, in every decision we make, we're going to consult the Word of God, and we're going to pray. Everything we do is going to be surrounded upon that. How we raise the kids, we're going to find out what thus saith the Lord. Every time we make a decision, it's going to be based on what we uh, seek to know, and that is God's will. That's a good man. That's a godly leader. That's someone who's loving his wife, like Christ loved the church. Amen. Here we go, number two. Number two, you ready for this? It's quiet in this Baptist church this morning. First Peter three. First Peter chapter three. Someone said, "Well, isn't this, isn't this a Baptist church?" Or no, we don't have anything against the Baptist, but no. It used, side note here. It used to be. How many know that you could tell what kind of a church it was by the name? And any church that was non-denominational or had just a generic name, they were all spirit-filled churches. Now you can't tell. <laughs> so, we are. <laughs> we are what? Not telling. <laughs> we got a class, we'll tell you all about it. But just so you know, it's okay to be excited. It's okay to say amen. It's okay to have fun before you get to the foyer. <laughs> Number two, guys ready? His role is giving honor. His role is giving honor. First Peter chapter 3 and verse 7. We are called to honor our wives. It says, husbands likewise dwell with them, them meaning your wife, with understanding 
giving honor to the wife as the weaker vessel. Notice what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to give honor. Watch. I cannot adequately show my wife honor unless I dwell with her with understanding. If I don't know her, if I don't understand her, I cannot properly honor her. And the reason some are struggling with the whole honoring appropriately, but again, I don't want to skip past some of these things too too quickly. How, think about it, husbands. How can you honor your wife? How can you show her honor? Say, well, you don't know my wife. She's very dishonorable. Well, there are some that are. But I'm going to give the same advice to you that I gave to her about you. (laughs) You honor her by faith. And you honor her because she is your wife. And she holds that very special position that no one else can ever hold. And so you esteem her and you honor her because of that. But again, how can we do that? Notice he says it's because of understanding or knowledge that we have of her. That's what it's based on. This knowledge that he's talking about here is not revelation. It's not, I was praying, mm, I was praying real hard, and God showed this to me. I was reading in the Bible one day, and God revealed this thing to me about my wife. No, that's not really the kind of knowledge that we're talking about. I, if, you, if you just pray long enough, you'll be able to do this. No, you can pray for an hour and come up and know God better, but know your wife the same. Hmm? You may spend a lot of time in the Word. Take a class, read a book, and learn about the Spirit. Learn about miracles. Learn about faith. Learn about a lot of things. That's not necessarily going to help you know your wife, and then you can't honor her. I don't mean that, uh, I don't mean that the Lord doesn't help us. The Spirit of God is in us to help us. He is our helper, right? By the way, that's a pretty high position, isn't it? Hmm. But I don't mean the Spirit of God won't help us. I remember... Uh, uh, years ago, I was com- we were coming up on our 10th anniversary, and I was baffled. I didn't know what to get. I, need- I needed to give her a gift to put love in her account, <laughs> and uh, I didn't know what to get. I didn't know what to get her, and uh, and so I'm thinking, thinking, thinking about the mall, and thinking, all right, what's there? Nothing. Uh, <laughs> this stuff, <laughs> and and so finally, I I I decided to pray. I said, Lord, show me what to get for my wife. And he helped me. He helped me on that 10th anniversary. And we, went, we, went, uh, we were up in McCall. Uh, we went up there for our anniversary. And, uh, and that's when I told her, because uh, here's what the Lord helped me with. Want to know what it was? Her name's Wendy. <laughs> Wendelin. You know what I got? Have a baby. Have another child. Is that a good present? I probably got something else too, didn't I? I don't remember. I wouldn't remember that. <laughs> but that's what the Lord helped me with. said, this is what you're supposed to do. I said, all right, let's do it. Because we were kind of in limbo in there. Should we have another? Shouldn't we have another? And, and okay, I, okay. She says I was in limbo. She wasn't. <laughs> But that decided it. The Lord moved, and uh, 
And that was the decision. We talked about it for a while, and it's like, eh, I don't know, I don't know. Should we, should we not? Well, at least I was saying that. Uh, he said yes. So, so what I'm saying is I, I tell you that story. Uh, the Lord will help you, husbands, and help you, wives, in relationship to things. Okay, I don't pray that anymore, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I got this one, Lord. We're good. I'm going to the mall. <laughs> uh, but the type of knowledge that a husband needs of his wife is not a spiritual knowledge. It's not that kind. It didn't come that way. It comes by getting to know her. It comes by being with her, spending time and talking and experiencing life, getting to know her so you can recognize the great treasures that are there. Even if there's some junk, man, everyone's, everyone's in a work in progress, so to speak. They're getting their minds renewed, but uh, there's some treasures, there's some value there, and we're supposed to look at that and discover that and honor it. And look, the rest of this verse, hold on to your seat going to change some of your lives watch as being heirs together of the grace of life notice we're together in this not against each other you're together that your prayers may not be hindered that your prayers may not be hindered you know there's there's some there's some guys out there they got problems on the job got problems with their kids they got problems uh, with their health got financial money problems and they're praying about stuff lord help me with this help me with this and nothing seems to be working it's like man i'm praying about nothing's changing i'm praying about it nothing seems to be getting fixed you know why it's because of how you treat your wife man you think i need to get in the word more i need to pray in tongues some oh i gave it out uh (laughs) i i i need to i need to i need to whatever I need to do something else. I need to, yeah, you need to honor your wife. And by your understanding her and honoring her, you remove all hindrances from your prayer life. People have, I just need, I need counseling. No, you don't. You need to honor your wife. Man, I've been having a lot of, I've been having stomach problems. Man, it's really been eating away at me. I think I need to go to the doctor. Well, no, actually you don't need to go to the doctor. You just need to treat your wife right. And when you get that in order, other things are going to start working for you. All of a sudden, all these things you've been praying about are going to start clicking. And people have never thought of it. We read over scriptures like this, and we think, oh, yeah, that's nice. That's good, yeah. And prayers not be hindered. And, and then we go to praying again, struggling. Things aren't working, striving. And we could avoid so many problems, so much pain, so much unnecessary struggle by simply honoring the most important person on earth in our lives everybody with me amen understanding your wife should be one of your highest goals and if it's again if it's not possible god wouldn't have told you to do it i just can't understand that woman (laughs) actually you can and stop saying that you can't (laughs) that's not helping Speak in faith. I can understand her, and I will, and I will honor her. And watch how she responds. I'm going to know, in all these directives, we're making the life of our partners so much easier on them. And you're empowering them 
to be all they can be. Let's go to number three. His role, number three, is providing for the family. I want you to turn to 1 Timothy 5, and I want to read Genesis 2. All right. Providing for the family. Genesis 2.15 says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. What did he do? He took man. This is before Eve was ever showed up. He put him in the garden. He said, take care of this thing. He also said, I want you to work it. That's what tend means. I want you to work it. Before he ever gave him a wife, God gave him a job. Why? Men are supposed to. It's in their DNA to be responsible and to be providers, to provide that home. In that case, it was a garden, all right, with perfect weather, perfect climate control. Uh, it's his job to be a provider and to meet the needs of his family. Now, you're in First Timothy, right? Chapter 5 and verse 8. It says, but if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's some pretty strong language. It said if he doesn't provide for his own, he's denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. doesn't mean he's not saved. doesn't mean he didn't deny his faith. It's talking about the faith in general. And he's acting worse than than an unbeliever can act. Now, understand this. This is not speaking of a guy who is in a tough spot, lost a job or in between, uh, you know, jobs or something like that and is struggling to pay the bills. The Bible is not calling you worse than an unbeliever. Everybody with me on this? What he's saying here, this is talking about the person who has the ability. They can do something, but they just won't. They don't take care of their own. He's saying, how low can you go, man? You might as well, you're acting, you're acting worse than a heathen. I mean, a heathen would take care of his own. If you're not doing that, that's a problem. But again, not talking about a person who's not able or uh, struggling at, at the moment to, to, to be a provider. But listen, I've seen situations where you've got a husband in a home and the kids are kind of doing without, you know, they need new shoes and they need some new clothes or the wife hasn't had anything new for ages and they got things in the house breaking down and, you know, not, there's not enough money to get repairs done and get things fixed and made new. Yet, he's living large. Yet, he goes out and gets himself a new car. He's out on the golf course spending 50 bucks, you know, around or, or more. And, uh, and and spending all kinds of money doing all kinds of stuff while his family's doing without. That's the problem here. That's the guy who doesn't recognize that he's there as a provider for his family. And what he's doing is he's putting himself first. And he's seeking his own interests and his own needs. And he's, li you know, living it up. Got all the nice stuff and eating the best and wearing the best and driving the best. And his family looks like a wreck. Man, you're worse than a heathen. Worse than a sinner. Get your act together, man. I think that, that, that's really what, he, what he's talking about here. And so it needs to be uh, that husbands will put their families first. If anyone has to do without, and really in, in the Lord, none of us do. But the uh, Lord will provide for everyone to have abundance. But if you're in a tough spot and someone has to do without, 
if it's my shoes or her shoes or the kids' shoes, they should have the shoes first. That's what a godly leader does. They lay their life down for those they love, and they put others first. Amen. And so, again, number four or number three, a husband is uh, to provide for the family. And here we go. Number four. Number four. You know what number four is? Number four. He is to meet her marital needs. He is to meet her marital needs. And I'm not going to tell you what those needs are because I'm going to tell you next week what she needs from you. Just like I'm going to tell the uh, uh, wives what your husbands need from you. And we'll focus on that next time and expect God to take us up. Amen. Father, thank you today for your word. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. Thank you for the, uh, the Spirit of God revealing and teaching us these truths, these principles, so that we can elevate all of our marriages to a, a better place. So we can live long and be happy, fulfilled, and be a witness and a testimony. This is the most important time of the service right now. No camera people, nothing, all right? In the, in, in the name of Jesus, Father, I just thank you for helping every single person in this place to come up to a higher place, to walk in the grace and ability of God that you have given us. We give you all the thanks. We give you all the praise because we believe that you're at work in us now doing a great thing. Father, I pray for those who've come today that are not saved. They're not on their way to heaven.